Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University Belfast. This episode was recorded during a webinar session in GradFest 2020, featuring Zachary Jordan from First Derivatives, Michael Kelly from IBM, Niall McLaughlin from AquaQ Analytics, and Jack McCloskey from Seagate, and is hosted by one of our Employer Engagement Officer, Rachel Corridan. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our final webinar of GradFest 2020. What I wish I'd known before graduation, you're very welcome. My name is Rachel Carden, Employer Engagement Officer in Careers, Employability and Skills, and I will be your host for this webinar. We have a great panel today who have joined us, so let's get started and let's get them introduced. Um, they're sitting here and they're ready for your questions. So I'm gonna hand it over to our panelists. Panelists, can you introduce yourselves? Please tell our audience what you studied at Queen's, the year you graduated, and who you're currently working for. So let's start with Niall. And Niall, can you turn on your mic and your video? Hello, everyone. Thank you very much, Rachel. Uh, my name is Niall McLaughlin, and I studied chemistry at Queen's, and I graduated in 2017, and I currently work for AquaQ Analytics. Great. Thanks so much, Niall. So, Michael, can I have you? Can you turn on your video? And, Michael, you can stay on. You can stay on. Um, so, Niall, can you can stay on. So, Michael, if you want to just tell us in the same. Thanks, Rachel. Hi, everyone. My name is Michael Kelly. Um, I graduated in 2016 with a degree in international politics and conflict studies. And currently, I work as a business transformation consultant for IBM Global Business Services. Okay, brilliant, you can stay on. Um, Zachary, do you wanna do the same? Hi Rachel, thanks very much. Uh, I'm Zach Jordan. I graduated uh, economics in 2019, this time last year, and I'm now working for First Derivatives. Great, okay, thank you. And then Jack, we have Jack. Hey, thanks, uh, I'm Jack McCluskey. I work for Seagate and I graduated in July 2019 with mechanical engineering. Great, thank you so much. Thank you all for coming today. It's great to have you here. We're delighted that you're able to join us. Um, so after our panelists speak, there's going to be a Q&A. You'll see at the side of your screen, um, to our viewers at the side of your screen, you have the option to ask our panelists any question that you like. The questions are private, so please feel free to type away there and throw out whatever questions that you want by using that chat function. Um, can I also remind you that this video, our webinar, is being recorded so you can watch it at a later date on our grad, GradFest website and our Careers, Employability and Skills website. So we're going to get the conversation started, so I'm going to ask everyone to turn off their mics and their videos, please. Okay, so why have you joined us today? The reason you've joined us today is to learn about the panelist journey from being a final year student like yourselves to finding a graduate job and thereafter. They too had to swap the campus bubble for the boardroom. Was it a daunting experience for not or not? Um, what valuable lessons did they learn or not? So I'm gonna start with Niall. Niall, if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind putting on your mic and your video, Niall has got a very interesting story and I'm going to hand it over to you. And Niall, I can tell people it involves food. So let's, I'll turn yes. off my, okay. So hello everyone. Um, as before, my, my name is Niall McLaughlin and I graduated in 2017 from chemistry at Queen's. And a lot of you may 
this may happen to some of you, but um, when you graduate, you'll actually have a job lined up, which I didn't. And so I was really thinking about what should I do with like my career. So I had I studied chemistry, which I did enjoy, but I didn't really want to do that as a career choice. So I actually then uh, had a job as a chef for two years and I learned a lot of different things as in like it's a high pressure environment and there's a great attention to detail and as well as the learning never stops honestly you may think after you finish your last exam that yeah I know everything now and uh, I'll, I'll be fine but literally you will always learn um, as well as in university you do a lot of like team projects and you do get teamwork skills but honestly whenever you get into your first job you will find out that you have to work with a lot of different people that you don't even know and a lot of people different people have different attitudes towards like their work and their um just their goals and stuff like that so you have to be able to just be able to work and to adapt to different situations and now afterwards after working as a chef i now work as a kdb plus developer for aqua analytics which i really really enjoy um the reason i got into that was because i always kind of wanted to challenge and i really obviously enjoyed maths so whenever i saw the opportunity and i did a lot of research and try not to worry about putting something like a time limit for yourself like you will get there in the end just as long as you're trying your best and you always search for what you're interested in then opportunities will present themselves and just try and try and try and try and try and get them. Um, as a KDB Plus developer, the I just I work with like the, in the finance industry and I work with um, big databases of, of information and it is it can be high pressure as well, which and high risk, but it's what I enjoy and it's just yeah. Another thing it would be Back when I graduated, it was quite stressful because obviously you didn't have a job lined up and the, your parents always tell you, you know, you have to go to university, you have to get a job right away, but just don't worry about it. It'll be fine. And let me see what else. Do you have anything else to add, Rachel? Yeah, so yeah, so now I'm gonna even just take you back to the start of your your journey um to to where you are now. Um, you know, from chatting to you on the phone, you had said that you, you, when you come out of university you didn't have a job, but you did go into a career that maybe isn't traditional for your yeah. degree. Can you tell us a bit about how you did that or why you did that? So I did that because um you have to be very introspective and find out what 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 actually do you enjoy so when I was growing up I always enjoyed cooking okay and then I always enjoyed science and that kind of analytical side with maths and stuff so I was like after after I graduated I was like what could I do to kind of like bide my time to actually really truly find out what I want to do with my life so that's when I when I started to look obviously look around for chemistry jobs if that was like my last resort but I then became a chef just to kind of spend some time because you can't put a time limit on like on your having an epiphany of what you want to do. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. And did you find yourself whenever you did go and apply for those jobs in the end, did you find yourself as a, at a disadvantage or an advantage because, you know, you took that time and you were a chef or were you able to use those, those skills as a chef? Um, 
in your next role at um at, at, at sorry Acuanalytics. So did you find those did you find those skills transferable? Oh, that's the question. Oh yes, definitely. Um, yeah. I definitely think my time as a chef have definitely helped me mature as a person, and I think everything happens for a reason. So. Okay. They definitely were transferable, like working to deadlines and working as a team and you're only as strong as your weakest link. So it's always trying to be motivational for other team members and working to their strengths. And it's definitely helps you be more of a people person. Okay, okay. I feel like in university, you're always, you're kind of stuck in the same kind of bubble. You're always on the same people or always, you'll always have the same people on your course through the mm -hmm. entire time. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're in the work environment, there'll be different people coming and going all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whenever you went in for, let's say your first job interview, um, were people interested about, you know, what you did and um, as being, you know, from being a chef, were people interested in saying, okay, you took the time out to find out, you know, to to to, to do what you enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Were people interested in that or how did you sell that whenever you were in an interview? I saw that as in, I just wasn't afraid of a challenge. I wasn't afraid to just completely career swap. You know, mm -hmm. it's people kind of pigeonhole themselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. so they, I can only do this. I can only do this. If I do this, then only these doors are available to me. But if I think that's why if you have a degree which is just so transferable, was in mm -hmm. chemistry, it's just a pure science mm -hmm. that you do learn a lot of different skills of problem solving mm -hmm. and analytics and communication and attention to detail. Yet again, it's been a laboratory setting. Yeah, that okay. it's just all very transferable. Okay, okay, okay. Very good, very good. Thank you very much. We will come back to you if you would turn off your mic and Thank your you. video. That would be great. Thank you. So next up, we have Michael from IBM. I'm just going to put these slides forward. Um, yes, we have Michael from IBM. Um, let me just do this. Okay. Michael, so Michael, when I was chatting with yourself, you had said on the phone that you started, whenever you left university, you know, you, you were looking for a job that paid money. That's a, that's you know, that's what you said. So do you want to go ahead and share your journey and your personal story and what you've learned over, you know, over the, from from that day you graduated right up until now? Yeah, thanks, Rachel. No problem. Uh, so hello, everyone. Um, I'll, I'll get on to, to what Rachel just mentioned in, in a moment um, to give you a bit of background. Um, so I, I graduated four years ago in a degree in international politics and conflict studies. So it's not particularly related in any academic sense to what I do today. But um, my degree at the time was quite unique in that it allowed for uh, students to do their the entirety of their final year abroad on the Erasmus program. So obviously I jumped at that opportunity uh, and spent um, the two last semesters, so my entire entire final year. Um, abroad studying at uh, a, a politics university in Grenoble in France. So what I didn't realize at the time, and I suppose a big lesson learned for me uh, in the years that followed was that, um, you know, you don't really necessarily just sort of graduate, uh, put together an ICV and then just wait for an employer to kind of pluck you out of the ether. Um, I didn't realize at the time that it required a lot of proactivity um basically doing what you guys are doing right now which is attending events like this over the the course of your final year so i landed back in belfast um in june of 2016 about four weeks before graduation and that was really only at the point where i started thinking about what i was going to do afterwards um i had an idea of the sort of jobs that i uh the sort of job environments that i wanted to work in and um, something that was going to be 
um, nice and broad, so not sort of pigeon, pigeonhole to a, a specific field or discipline, um, somewhere that would involve um, uh, working with, uh, uh, with different clients on a variety of different projects. So I'm really somebody who thrives in an environment where I get a lot of variety. But, um, but what I simply hadn't realized was that if you wanted to work for organizations like IBM, or if you think of any of the sort of major um, professional services firms that are in Belfast, so like the big four, for example, that really they run to a very strict recruitment schedule that's aligned with the academic year. So I was arriving back in June and I thought, yeah, I'll stick my CV into PwC and maybe I can start in a month or two, not realizing that they had already done all their recruitment and filled all those graduate positions probably six months beforehand. So, so as Rachel said, at that point in time, it just became a matter of, right, um, I haven't necessarily figured out what I'm going to do. Let's just get a job um, and let's get one that, bottom line, is going to pay the bills and, and potentially earn me um, as much money as possible. So at the time, uh, because uh, graduate schemes weren't really open to me, <clears throat> and my only other experience had been sort of part-time work through school and university and, and hospitality, um, I landed in a, in a recruitment agency. In, in Belfast, down um, in the Cathedral Quarter, and they were a, a they are a technology recruitment consultancy. Um, they paid um, the highest basic um, salary that I could find for a graduate in Belfast at that time, um, and they 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 promised sort of oodles of commission and sports cars and speedboats and stuff at the end of your sort of first or second year of of, uh, of recruitment. So. Um, I, I figured out pretty quickly that that was not going to be a career for me. Um, some people really love whatever they do, provided that they're given a, a big target to hit and they're just asked, to, you know, somebody says jump and they ask how high, like they really thrive in those kind of environments. Um, but that wasn't for me. I, I needed somewhere that was going to challenge me sort of on an intellectual level and um, that was going to have a bit more variety uh, and a bit more substance to it as well. So, so essentially what happened then was I, I ended up working in recruitment for about two years, um, all along knowing that I was not going to stay there. And I actually used the security of, of uh, those jobs. So I moved from that agency over to Citibank in the Titanic quarter. Um, I used basically the security of those jobs as a, as a launching platform to go out and start um, being really proactive um, in seeking out graduate recruitment, or sorry, graduate schemes um, with uh, some of the professional services firms that I actually was recruiting for at the time. Um, and in addition to that, um, I quickly realized that staying in Belfast wasn't going to be something for me at that point in my life. Um, I thought that I would um, uh, open myself up to more opportunities by looking further afield. Um, and that's what led me to start looking for uh, London-based roles. So um, while I was working for Citibank, I was sort of pulling the odd sick day and booking off some strategic annual leave and flying back and forth between London to attend a number of different uh, interviews and graduate assessment days. And uh, as soon as I uh, basically walked in the door at IBM, I knew that that was going to be the place that I wanted to work. So, so um, I've been working with them for about two years now. Um, they have a really um, unstructured graduate program in, in the positive sense where you know, they're a huge organization um, of, of about 400,000 people worldwide. So they basically do almost anything that you can think of. So when you arrive on day one, uh, you can't really expect them just to sort of say, sit there and start doing that. You really have to go out and uh, be proactive even still, um, once you, even though you've got the job already in terms of what you want to do. So I've, um, uh, I've basically ticked all the boxes that I referred to earlier. Um, I work on a project basis. So that means that every few months I'm 
doing something different but um if you're clever about it they can each project can be essentially a step up or a, a progression from your last um i'm working directly with clients so um the recruit the the communication skills that i refined in recruitment have come in really handy there um, and again a lot of it comes down to sort of strategic thinking and problem solving which is definitely um something that i that i love to do so at the minute, I work with um, a central government um, client based in Westminster. Um, they're one of the largest government departments. And um, I am basically trying to help them transform how they operate their cybersecurity function. So these are the people and the processes and the, and the technology that are responsible for safeguarding the personal data of about 20 million British citizens. Um, along with um, about 200 billion pounds of taxpayers' money. And um, it's, it's, I, I love it. Um, I'm only two years into, the, into my role. I'm just about finishing the graduate scheme and already I'm working on projects of that magnitude. I'm right up front working with the most senior client stakeholders that we have. Uh, and everything that I do is about thinking strategically about the future, uh, how to improve processes, how to save taxpayer money, how to better secure the department. Um, and yeah, and so, Basically, that's the sort of career that I'm hoping to pursue now. So um, lessons learned or what I wish I had known before graduation. Well, first and foremost, it was really about the productivity that's required to land a graduate position of your choice um, upon graduating, but also that it's not the end of the world. Um, as Niall mentioned previously, it's really not the end of the world if that's not the case. Um, what I what I would encourage everybody to do is no matter what you end up doing um, after graduation, even if you think that it's just a stepping stone, is squeezing as much out of that opportunity as you possibly can in terms of experience and progression, training, um, anything that they can throw at you, take it. And in addition, what I would say is that um, from making the transition from uh, the classroom to the boardroom, is that unlike university, um, it's not just about basically responding to what people ask you to do and doing that as best as you can. So it's not about taking an assignment and getting the best grades possible. You really have to be proactive and you really have to tell people what you want uh, and almost be a little bit selfish. Um, it's a little bit off-putting because some people think that to, to score well in an interview or to impress an employer, you should be quite modest and subservient. But in fact, usually you get noticed and you get more opportunities if you're just honest about what you want to do. And when I look around the people um, that I started at IBM with, there was about 20 of us in total. Um, those who are doing something that they really love um, are the ones who from day one were not afraid to basically say, yeah, look, I haven't quite figured out what I want to do over the 30 or 40 year career, but I've at least picked a couple of things and I'm going to tell you about those things and I'm going to demonstrate like some research that I've done into those things to begin with. And so already out of the 20 of us who have started, there are some people who are very close to becoming chartered accountants. There are some people who are developing software. Uh, there are some people who are flying all over the world and speaking at conferences on artificial intelligence. And then there's me who's doing something completely different altogether again. So don't be afraid to tell people what you want. Uh, and actually, if you have some time to kill, for example, between graduating and some, some of these um, uh, recruitment processes, be proactive in you know, trying to do some learning from home. Anything that you can show up, rock up to an interview and say, look, um, uh, it's not amazing, but I tried this online or I did this learning course or I took the current role that I have and I transformed it into something more along the lines of what I want to do. So I'll stop, I'll stop rambling for now. Um, I think I was meant to time myself. I'm not sure if I quite hit seven minutes. I probably went a bit over. That's something that I tend to do. But uh, Rachel, was that okay? 
I think you're on mute. Sorry, thank you, Michael. That was great. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and your story. Thank you no very problem. much. No worries. Great. Okay, so we are going to bring on now Jack. So Jack again has a different story. Um, Jack works obviously for Seagate and did his placement year. So Jack, you are in a you are in a different situation then than, than our other two panelists that have just spoken. So I'm going to hand the mic and the camera over to you. Uh, yep. So as part of my course, there was like a, a built-in placement year. Uh, so it's, it's the same sort of procedure. You apply, you do an interview, and then you find out if you got the job. So I, I did my placement with Seagate uh, in the same department that I'm actually working in now. So that was always sort of, sort of part of my plan was to do the placement and then you know, hopefully build up a bit of a relationship with, with the company and uh, sort of move from there. So on the back of the, the placement year, I we our final year project was with Seagate as well. So uh, they must have they must have liked me enough they, they want to keep working with me. And uh, so my final year project was with them and then that went well. So then uh, after graduation there was I hadn't really applied or really looked for a job during my final year. Um, you know, all my friends and other people have been, you know, applying and, and looking for places, but I sort of knew where I wanted to end up, you know, from the placement year, I wanted to work on Seagate. Um, maybe not necessarily in the same department, but that was a, that was a bonus. Um, so really, after graduation, there was nothing lined up. There was no, no opportunities on Seagate at the time. So I was just kind of in limbo for... I think it was about six months before I started working in Seagate. Um, so I was just sort of doing bits and pieces, you know, just doing a lot of traveling and you know, all the sort of things that they, everybody tells you to do before you, you stuck on their work. Um, so a couple of months after that, I got a bit fed up of sitting, not doing very much. So I just got a couple of part-time jobs in just different places and started applying for other uh, companies for mechanical engineering, but uh, Seagate, uh, a job came up then for Seagate and the same department that I'd done my placement in, so I, I jumped at that chance to, uh, to get back in there because I really, really enjoyed the, the experience there and um, everybody was really nice and it was a great sort of place to work and that was sort of what I wanted and, um, you know, because I enjoyed it so much that I knew I would continue to enjoy it and it would be something that I'd you know, somewhere I'd be happy to spend the next however long uh, working for them. So, so that was good. Um, there's sort of good and bad points. They've been worked working with the the same company previously because you're kind of once you start, it's not you're not you don't feel like you're new or anything. So you're just kind of thrown straight back in the in the deep end. So. But I think that too, that was a great way to learn, you know, how to do things. I had, you know, was about familiar with the, the systems and the people and everything, so it was wasn't too bad. But you know, you're straight on the responsibility then of your full time job, and you're working with you new know, man senior managers and all the departments are, are looking looking to you for your input and your opinion. You know, we're sitting here six months, and they're you know, asking me all these questions and. Opinions and you know what I think. So it's good. It's 
it's interesting to see that they, that as a graduate, you know, they're only new and stuff, but they still, you know, take on board what, what you think and stuff. And then even what sort of advice you give to people on the back of that is during that sort of lull period where I wasn't, you didn't have a job for those six months, that you were just trying to, as, uh, as the two guys before mentioned, you were just trying to do something that you can stand out for your interview. So, you know, I, I had a couple of part-time jobs in different places and just off the back of that experiences, you know, applying that to to the job and how how well you can get through the interview and just, you know, looking at different courses and even just, you know, things like volunteering and stuff like that, you know, they, they usually stand in good stead with in terms of the interview because for for me in a way, my boss always looks for the sort of softer skills, you make your presentation, your communication, you know, how you work in a team, all all those sort of things usually, you know, stand you in good stead with with employers. So it's it's those skills that they're looking for. And you know how you, how you interact with people and you know, because any company is gonna you know it's gonna be a bit of training uh, provided and you know you're not gonna know everything once you start. You know, every every day is a school day is one of the, the quotes that they throw around our place. So you're it's always a learning experience. So don't panic if you, you think you you don't know what you're doing or how you, how it's gonna go. It all it always works out. That's great, Jack. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and your journey. Um, we have a few questions coming in for you in the Q&A, so I'll come back to you then in the Q&A, if that's okay. So if you want to turn off your mic then and your video, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we now we have Zachary. Zachary, do Hello. you want to turn on your mic? How are you doing? So Hi. Zachary Hi. Is, has another good story. Zachary, you know, for our, our students that are watching, Zachary, also had a job when he was leaving the university, leaving Queen. So Zachary, if you want to tell us your own story about, you know, how you got that job and and you know your your journey um to now, because you're 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 quite a recent graduate or you've started the first derivative quite recently. So I'm gonna hand it over to yourself. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Rachel. Hi, yeah. So I'm Zachary Jordan. I graduated last summer uh from economics straight economics with uh, queens and as rachel said i was sort of fortunate enough to have a job before actually graduating i was working for about a month got employed in june 2019 and graduated sort of later in june or july i believe but uh yeah sort of it wasn't uh, easy i spent most of my final year just applying for jobs everywhere and anywhere I could think of. Obviously there was a lot of posts and things like that coming up on LinkedIn and the grad, uh, the graduation fairs and things like that that Queens would hold and just sort of going around talking to as many different companies as I could find that I sort of had an interest in applying to them online. And it was a matter of sort of perseverance there because there was a lot of sort of coming back and going, we're not looking at this time or this sort of thing or you're not you don't have the experience because unlike jack i didn't have a placement year i just did my three years and just three straight years to get it over with but uh 
I've thoroughly enjoyed in the workplace and found there to be a lot of transferable skills between between university and between getting in and doing work. So like Michael, I'm working on a project basis with clients. So that's very interesting. And like, there's a lot of interpersonal skills there and a lot of sort of people management. And like, there was a stage we were having daily meetings and it wasn't just a matter of sitting there, nodding your head and getting the work done. It was about putting forward ideas and about actively contributing to the project that was at hand. But like, there wasn't always one project going on. Like there was a certain degree of time management and prioritizing different tasks because there was a couple of tasks you were having to juggle a couple of projects going on. And it was really about prioritizing them and sort of figuring out what was most urgent or what was coming up soonest that you needed to be uh, working on and focusing on. So that was certainly something I pulled over from my time in university where you're sort of juggling a couple of modules and trying to get all your assessments and your essays and coursework and all done to uh, bringing that into the workplace. And again, a lot like university, you were constantly training. Like it was quite a smooth transition from work or from university to work. Uh, we went in for two weeks, pretty intensive training to start things off. And it was like being in the classroom again, but just wearing suits now. And uh, that was that was fun. Like we were in an intake of about 20 of us, and just sort of almost back in that classroom environment, you had people coming in and they would take you on your different sort of little modules in their own respect. And uh, so then after those two weeks, you pass your uh, first sort of internal exam. And I was sent out almost immediately then to client site down in Dublin. Um, that was great. That was a big reason why I joined First Derivatives was the opportunity to travel with them. It's really something they push and really, there's a lot of opportunities there. Like I have colleagues who are over in Belgium, over in London. I worked with people who are, um, who their previous project had them out in Australia and Sydney. Um, the, the opportunities there really are there's a wide variety of them, but uh, I really enjoyed my time down in Dublin. I was down there for nearly a year, just got cut short there, obviously with the work from home, with the pandemic at the minute. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, training, I think that's... Uh, that, that's great, Zachary. I, I have a question for you. You had said that whenever you left college, you didn't, or sorry, university, you didn't have, you know, you didn't you didn't do your work experience. Yes, um, yeah. So how did you sell yourself on a CV whenever you were going in, when you handed your CV to First Derivatives, how did you sell yourself? Yeah, um, I'd had different little part-time jobs and things like okay. that throughout university. I worked cleaning dishes and working in bars and that kind of thing. So okay. I had to try and use that which wasn't the easiest but um like it was it was work experience it was working as part of a team it was prioritizing tasks it was there were transferable skills there and in my interview i remember with first derivatives they asked me why they should pick someone like me without a placement year mm -hmm. over someone who had that real work place experience that, okay. in sort of similar sectors mm -hmm. and uh it was something I wasn't quite prepared for at the time, but okay. uh, I managed to sort of talk about the transferable skills and like you, you just have to really sell yourself on your experiences. And there isn't a right way to do things. It's all about just making the most of what you have done with your time and not to be too concerned with, oh, I haven't done a placement year or I have limited experience because I was really coming out with bare bones experience and it's really just coming across 
mm-hmm. as someone I, I really can't stress enough how important it is to be able to work well as part of a team mm-hmm. and be coherent in the ideas that you're putting across mm-hmm. um but yeah it was all about just sort of selling the experience i had okay working. okay okay great zachary thank you so much for sharing your story thank you, Rachel. really appreciate it so if, if actually if you want to keep your camera on and your mic on yeah. and if everyone else can turn on their cameras and their mics we're going to start our questions um so we have got a great question here from Tre- one of our students called trevor um so whoever, whoever wants to answer this question please go ahead which top three skills do you wish you'd worked on while you were an undergrad so think back to the day of being an undergrad what are those three skills and anyone can answer that question so, something that comes to mind immediately for me is um is uh, working on sort of keeping a, a routine and, and discipline um so so my my degree only demanded like nine hours a week of classroom time and although although i worked sort of 30 35 hours a week in sort of cafes and restaurants on top of that most of the time it was just like my alarm clock that was dragging me out of bed at um whenever i whenever i had to be so uh, i didn't really sort of make the make the most of the free time that i had on top of that to you know explore other sort of skills or training that i wanted to get involved with or be be proactive in, in the job search so i would say um discipline and uh, proactivity would be a couple for me okay okay very good does anyone else i think that's a, that's a good question for everyone in the panel to answer because you've come from different backgrounds so now do you want to go ahead there and answer that one yes i think uh another good thing would be to form good habits early on as in okay. yeah so good like self-learning habits and um as i already said um good routine as everything like that um just because once you like habits are very easy to once you have them formed it's very easy to stick to them mm-hmm. okay okay great um zachary do you want to go ahead there yeah um i think a big thing for me and something i didn't get on the ball too quite late was picking up the extracurricular things and the degree plus certificates that was something i didn't actually touch until my okay. final semester of final year and uh, i find that to be extremely valuable and something i did talk about in interviews so i would urge people to start looking at those as quick as they can and get on board with those as early as they can like i only have one but uh, i find it to be very valuable and something that uh, i still remember today like like it's some of the people that they brought in to speak and everything like they were obviously they had had a wealth of experience behind them and they had some very good lessons to teach okay okay so that gave you having degree plus you think give you an edge yeah. okay that's great that's great yeah okay and then we have jack do you want to come in and and say what your thoughts uh, are yeah. uh so one of the main things i would say would be getting and the uh, good people relations sort of thing because you can be working with so many different people working in different departments different countries you know so getting building the relationships with with other people, you know, because you're not going to be doing, well, in my field anyway, you're not going to be doing a lot of work by yourself, you know, you're part of cross-functional teams, so that would be the main one for us. Okay, okay. Um, can I ask, you know, there, there, Niall and um, Michael, 
Uh, actually, I think as, as well uh, as yourself, Jack, you had said that whenever you left or whenever you were graduating, you didn't have a job. So, you know, if you're not, if you don't have a, a graduate job, that could be a worry for you. How did you manage that worry? Uh, for me, personally, I'm I'm pretty easygoing, so I kind of hoped and that something would just sort of pop up and you know I was very specific in wanting a job and the gate and or at least in my local area so you know I was quite niche in that sort of respect so I was just sort of waiting for for something to pop up in there but obviously if it got to the stage where you know nothing was was coming up I'd have to start looking further afield but just sort of just doing your best with what you going through at the minute you know just taking up courses or you know online tutorials you know building your your cv is probably one of the main things you can do in that period while you're you're researching and looking for some reason okay great thank you yes whereas i'd be on the different side as in i would be very it was very worrying time not having a job um lined up after university okay and a thing would be to just persevere and as Michael said, just get a job to even just to bide your time and save money and really be introspective and find out what you really want to do with your life. So just do lots of research and attend lots of different talks and different graduation or grad uh, recruitment. Talk to many different people about different opportunities and just take every rejection as a learning experience and just build upon that and just try to be the best version of yourself. Okay, okay. So take a breath. That's what yep. you're saying, I'll take a breath, very good. And Michael, do you wanna answer that? Yeah, so I think um, uh, I, I had this sort of real fear of like missing the boat basically. Um, I felt that like if you didn't sort of kneel down what you were going to do within, you know, six months of graduation that you would you would miss that opportunity forever and it's really not the case. Um, so just filling your time with uh, whatever you know is the sort of the most that you can be doing in the interim um, will will definitely sort of um, come across whenever you finally get across in front of an interviewer or you finally get the opportunity to sort of uh, put yourself forward for a more ideal opportunity. And I know it's it's rich given the economy that you guys are facing because you know there will have never really been a graduating class like you before going out into the world like this so i appreciate that it's easy for us to say like yeah just get some hospitality work or just take whatever job you can and frankly like there may not simply be those opportunities at the minute you may actually have to st just stay at home um people people are going to understand this um you know the the world is not going to sort of pass you by like everybody everybody's being affected by this um so yeah i think in, in, in normal circumstances i would tell you not to worry if you don't sort of find something for you within the first couple of years and given the circumstances now even more so that is the case okay okay thank you very much and um zachary an interesting point that you had said that you know you started the first derivatives and you went into you went into uh, you started to work in dublin and then yep. dublin has been cut short and you're now in yes. your virtual environment so students that you know are perhaps starting graduate roles or even placements are going to could be starting in this virtual environment so yeah. how have you settled into it and what advice would you give a graduate or someone who's about to graduate who is moving into this virtual environment yeah it's certainly uh unprecedented <laughs> obstacle that people are having to overcome at the minute and i know first derivatives had recently taken in 
an intake of about 14 and they were having to do all of their training from a work from home basis yeah. but uh I would say like the guys would say about getting into a routine and getting discipline in like I'm fairly free and when I can get in and get the work done now mm-hmm. that I'm in between projects it's all about upskilling and training mm-hmm. and it's almost like being back studying for A levels or studying for university exams again where okay. it's just a matter of sitting down getting through the work doing your mock exams doing the questions um stay in contact like I'm exchanging regular emails with bench managers and things like this to sort of keep in the loop and make sure I'm not missing out on anything that's coming up or anything I could be using but uh it's certainly it's certainly a challenge not one I have a clear-cut answer for but uh, definitely it it would be about discipline and routine and getting there and just sort of getting it won't be your traditional nine to five but it's still very important to be putting that time in okay and does anyone else who actually want to answer that question? You know, we've got students that are watching who could potentially be moving into a virtual work environment. Um, you know, how how is anyone else managing that, keeping themselves motivated day to day? Something I think um, that uh, could be easily missed if you're about to start a new position or maybe you, you're going to start a new graduate scheme in the next six months or something is just the, the kind of... Um, the, the mentorship that you receive on a passive basis whenever you're sort of face to face with people in an office or on a, on a client site. So kind of like the, the coffee breaks and the water cooler chat or even like the pints after work, you yeah. actually get you actually get a great deal out of that. And, and, and in an environment like mine where you have to be proactive in sort of setting out a career path for yourself, you also have to then be very proactive in networking internally within the organization to say, hey, I'm interested to learn about what you do. Can we sit down and have a coffee? If I come to you with some questions, can you answer them? And it might feel a bit awkward or uncomfortable to sort of email somebody out of the blue whenever you're not sitting across the desk from them to ask them that, but make sure that you don't forget about that sort of stuff. And I'm sure organizations at the minute are, um, I know mine is anyway, are uh, sort of banging that drum saying that they're going to set up sort of different virtual social events and things like that. But um just to make sure that if you are entering the workplace now that you don't just sort of sit at home and crack on with your work, that you uh, you make sure that you reach out to people and keep having sort of those more informal conversations. Okay, that's really good advice. That's really good advice. Um, Jack, a question has come in for yourself. Um, I'm hoping to, to graduate this year in mechanical engineering. Um, did you do a master's and did you see the benefit of it? I didn't do the master's, no, I just did the, the bachelor's. And and was there did what was did you ever consider doing a master's or were you just saying no I'm going to go into the work environment? No, I was always set in doing the, the bachelor's just. Um, okay. My my girlfriend she had done the master's for mechanical engineering. And okay. She actually works in Seagate as well in a different department. Okay. So for her having done the master's and me having done the bachelor's, we've ended up you know in the same place. Uh, you know, so it's not, if you want to do it personally, go for it. You know, there's no drawbacks of it. Okay. Um, you know, but you can get where you want to be with the bachelors as well. There's no, you know, there's nothing okay. stopping you from doing Okay. Great. Thank you very much. We have a great question that came in here. Um, so within your first few weeks of being in your new work environment, what was the biggest blunder that you made and how did you manage that? I see smiles of everybody on the panel. So whoever wants to take that question, go ahead. 
Uh, I I turned down a piece of work that was offered to me. Um, it was it was I I did about four weeks of induction training when I started, and then at that point you were sort of um, it was like a semi-independent search for a project, and somebody approached me with something. And I said no, uh, and sort of as politely as possible said that I thought it sounded kind of crap and boring. And then that that made its way back to my manager. So I got a bit of a, a strong talking to over the phone. So okay. the way I man- the way I managed that was just to sort of better understand the, the etiquette there, because I, I'd been told by other people informally that, you know, it's OK to turn down work. But apparently, really, it wasn't. So, OK, um, so so basically then what the lesson that I learned from that was if something doesn't sound good, uh, take it and, and make it good. So I basically you just throw yourself into something. And uh, if, if the work that you're asked to do by a superior doesn't sound particularly exciting, just just push beyond the the uh, the scope of that piece of work and just turn it into something that you actually want to do. People will recognize that and appreciate that. OK, great. Thank you. Niall, do you want to do you have an answer to that question? Was there a blunder that you made? And how did you deal with it? I think it was more to do with in the early stages of learning how to work with different technologies that the company had been working with and retaining, like, receiving the initial training. I just remember I accidentally deleted a lot of different things that I shouldn't have done. Okay. And got a strong talking to and it's just learning from that and just being careful with what you do in the future. Okay, okay. Um, Zachary or Jack, do you have a story behind the question? This was actually something I was very conscious about, uh, having not had a placement year in that sort of real work environment experience. And thankfully, with the framework that FD do do, and you're sort of in that sort of classroom, you're surrounded by your peers. And I had fortunately made friends with a guy who had done a placement year with another financial company and just sort of stuck to him and <laughs> passed everything through him before I took any actions. But uh, I certainly think looking back, I was maybe too conscious about it and that maybe impacted sort of making an impression to some of the people back at HQ about what I would like and where I would like to be. So I would say maybe don't be afraid of making blunders and such. Obviously there's a fine line there, but uh, don't be afraid. I think as uh, Michael had said earlier about putting yourself out there and really sort of making it known what you want and where you'd like to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. And Jack, do you have an answer to that? I've yet to make a major mistake uh, so far. I'm fairly new, so still plenty of chances for it. But um, it's just sort of knowing that you have that period of time where you're still a new person and you know people are expecting you to make the odd mistake here and there. So it's not the end of the world. You know, they're not expecting you to be perfect all the time or you know they know the answer to everything straight away so it's just something that you shouldn't worry about too much you know for the first year or two you know you're gonna you will make a mistake but as long as you want to it and you're, you know, you know yeah. that you've done that then nobody's gonna be too yeah hard. yeah yeah thank you for so much for sharing for sharing that story that your your stories are those those were very honest um do you see whenever you look at yourself um at college or university at queen's and you look at yourself now did you see yourself where you are now or is it has has any of your roots slightly changed from what you thought 
mine wouldn't really have it's new because of the placement and all that sort of aspect of it. So I kind of ended up where I envisaged being, you know, okay. when my hopes sort of for me, not not drastically, but okay, okay. Anyone else? You know, if you're sitting, if you're sitting watching this and you're thinking, I want to be here in two to three years' time, but actually you went a different path. Did anyone else feel that? I think um, the the job market today is so broad, and ev what everybody does is so niche. Like it's not it's mm -hmm. not like a couple of hundred years ago where we where you either sort of like a farmer or like a doctor or an accountant or something. Like it's very difficult to articulate. It, I think most people today find it difficult to like in a couple of sentences tell somebody what they do. So I always find whenever I was looking at organizations, kind of like the the ones that are represented here by the panelists. And just thinking like right you've given me a pretty snazzy job description there but what the hell does that actually entail doing on a day-to-day -day basis mm -hmm. so back then i kind of i think I felt, I felt it was easier to think more about like what what sort of style of work and like how do i want to be like challenged or engaged so it was like right i definitely don't you know I, you could rule out a bunch of things but you could think like right i want to be sort of making decisions i want to be kind of thinking creatively and following when I when I when I reflect when I look back on that now, I, I think yeah, I've I've landed in a job that does that, but I had no idea what this job was or that it even existed four or five years okay. ago whenever I was at university. Okay, okay, that 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 that's 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 a good answer. Um, can I ask? Um, obviously we're doing this webinar today, and we're going to call it, we're describing you as a recent graduate. So, you know, in in a few years' time, you you could you will be coming back in to speak to us, and you will be. You could be graduated 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. In Let's say in 10 years' time, where do you see yourself? I see everyone thinking. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping I'm still in the same company, same like department and all that sort of stuff, maybe a bit higher up the pay grade, but um other than that new i'm fairly content at the minute where i am and i can't see any you know maybe eventually being you know a manager or something like that but okay. no, you know no sort of okay drastic career changes or anything like that okay great okay zachary geez how do you see yourself in in, in 10 years time where would you see your career I certainly wouldn't foresee any big sort of career changes. I doubt okay. uh, I'll be uh, jumping over in any other disciplines anytime soon, but uh, certainly 10 years time, it's a long time. Uh, who knows what could happen down that road, but uh, okay. certainly like I'm very content for where I am at the minute. Um, and obviously like I'm just halfway through the graduate program. It's the first of two years. Um, and as time progresses, there'll be more challenges and more responsibilities there. So I would just like to see that grow and where that will take me. Okay. Both okay. career-wise and geographically. Okay, great. Um, Michael, do you want to answer that question? Sure. Um, so, so I think consultancy consultancies tend to have a very well-defined um, progression. Um, and uh, I think if I if I haven't left the world of consultancy and moved into like an industry, I, I I definitely see myself, maybe not necessarily at IBM, but kind of in a position where I'm sort of managing or leading some of the more kind of complex 
projects that I would work on now as like a sort of individual contributor. Um, and hopefully I've, I've gained some skills where I can actually begin to kind of pick and choose the sort of industries that I work in. So uh, I'm pretty pretty happy working with uh, government clients at the moment because I think that's pretty pretty worthwhile work when you're mm -hmm. saving taxpayer money and doing stuff like that. But um, I would like the opportunity to maybe start uh, shaping the kind of business that the organization I work for either takes or doesn't take. So at the minute at IBM, there's a lot of people who are starting to ask questions like, why are we still doing business with clients like BP? Okay. Why are we still, okay. why are we still, why are we, you know, working with those kinds of mm -hmm. um, industries? So I would like to be in a position where I can begin to kind of sort of shape those conversations. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Niall, yourself, where do you see yourself? Yes. Well, um, definitely in the past three years, things have changed drastically from obviously graduating to being a chef, to being a KDB developer. Yeah. And during that time, it, I have found what I want to do and it's to be challenged and to have a variety to what you do on a day-to-day -day basis as well as meet many different people and I think I'm going to continue in this path I'm on right now and obviously just climb the ladder and hopefully gain more responsibility and more experience and be able to just handle anything that comes my way. Okay, that that that's that that's brilliant. Um, it certainly seems from chatting to the, the four of you is that you know there's been ups and downs, um, trying to figure out what you want to do, how you want to do it, but there's a contentment in your decisions in 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 in, in where you're today and where you, where you see yourself in ten years. So this is I know this is everyone's first time doing our, our webinar, so I want to say a massive massive thank you to our panel, Zachary, Nile, Michael, and Jack. Um, thank you for coming in, for sharing your stories, um, for being so honest to our students that are watching. Um, that is the most important thing, so they can get a realistic picture of what you know of of whenever they leave, what the the environment is going to be like. Um, I hope as our as as our students watching that they can go back and rewatch this webinar and reflect on some of the comments that our panel has said. Um, um, I have a short question just to end off and then I'm just going to go into the live chat. So so I want to bring everything back to what this this webinar is is about. So obviously like I said before you are sitting here, you have graduated, you are now all in graduate jobs, you are doing well. Knowing everything that you know now, what is that one thing you would tell yourself in around 10 words, one sentence? What is that one thing you would tell yourself if you were about to graduate whenever you graduated, if, you know, a year ago or a few years ago? What advice would you give yourself? So let's start. I'll give you a few seconds to have a think about it. And then, Michael, we're going to start with you. Uh, probably just to relax. Um, that it, it, These things can take time. And if you, if you put the work in, it'll, it'll figure itself out, figure it out, self out. OK. OK. Good advice. Um, who wants to go next? Jack, do you want to um, have a thought there? Yeah, mine's sort of similar. You know, don't, don't worry about you know what's what's coming or anything. You have to do your best. You know, apply for things and you'll you'll get something sorted. Okay, okay. Um, Zachary, do you want to have a think there? Do you want to have a? Yeah, I think it would just be a matter of do something productive, find a way to build your CV or to become more valuable to a company in some way. Um, whether that's another academic qualification, whether that's picking up some industry specific qualifications, 
just find something that will further yourself and set you apart from the crowd. Pick up some sort of experience somewhere. Okay. And Niall, do you have a comment there? Yes, um, just to be proactive and just persevere and don't be afraid to make mistakes and just keep asking questions. And thank you very much to our panelists for coming on today and again sharing their thoughts. Um, I hope everyone has a, a great end of the morning. You have been listening to Find Your Future, a podcast from careers, employability and skills at Queen's University Belfast. For more career helps and advice, visit go.qb.ac.uk slash careers.